Hey there, everyone. This is Greg Schutz for ReadyForTheDraft.com and the Ready For The Draft podcast, putting together a little post-draft edition. Uh, wanted to go ahead and break down uh, this past weekend, taking a look at the NFL draft. Uh, a lot of different storing lines. Uh, we had four quarterbacks off the board uh, in the top 10 for the first time in history. We also had two brothers taken in the first round with Tremaine and Terrell Edmonds uh, coming off the board to the Bills and the Steelers, respectively. And then we also saw uh, Shaquem Griffin coming off the board in uh, in round four to Seattle um, to go ahead and play with his brother there, Shaquille, in uh, in Seattle. So a lot of different storylines that we had come in. Um, you know, a lot of the different questions. When was Lamar Jackson going to come off the board? Uh, ended up taken number 32 overall by the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield obviously going number one overall. Uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and dive into uh, really taking a look at each team, really how their, how their draft shakes out. Um, wanted to kind of break down uh, team by team. We'll take a look at, at the draft. We'll also take a look at a few guys who went undrafted. There were a few that were really a surprise to me that they didn't get drafted, but uh, you know I think they have a chance to step up at the next level. So let's go ahead and jump into it. We got 32 teams to cover here in an hour, so hopefully we can go ahead and get through all of this. Uh, but we're looking at the Arizona Cardinals, uh, number one, obviously because the alphabetical order Arizona falls first. But uh, you know the first pick that they had, number 10 overall, Josh Rosen. They trade up to the number 10 overall pick, uh, Land Rosen. Uh, and look, you know, the biggest thing with, with Josh is the, the injury concerns, you know, the durability. You, know, you have two concussions in 2017. Before that, there were, uh, you know, shoulder issues that ultimately ended his 2016 season. Um, but there's no doubt that this is a kid who, uh, from a pocket, you know, pocket presence, you know, and, and his ability to make plays within the pocket. I actually think he's the most NFL ready of the quarterbacks, you know, the best mechanics of the bunch. Um, I just don't know if he can stay healthy, you know, and, and his mobility, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, under pressure, this is a guy who I, I think is going to kind of struggle a little bit in terms of, of being able to, to escape the pocket. I think that mobility is, is really going to hinder him a little bit. Um, but you know, he, given Sam Bradford's injury history and you know, Mike Glennon's inability to really hold down any type of a starting job. Um, you know, I think Josh Rosen could potentially sneak into a, a starting job there in Arizona sooner rather than later. Definitely like the pick. I like that they traded up uh, to go ahead and get him. He was the fourth quarterback sitting there on the board. Arizona had to make a move. They did it and got their guy for the future. They also brought in a receiver, Christian Kirk, to be that vertical threat. You know, they lost uh, John Brown, uh, who was a previous vertical threat. They bring in Christian Kirk now. Pair with uh, Larry Fitzgerald uh, and then Chad Williams also on the outside. You know Christian Kirkloff also offers some uh, um, special teams ability as well as a returner. Uh, Mason Cole comes in as a center. He was drafted um, you know in round number three, and uh, you know he's someone who you know is versatile. He can play you know tackle. He can play guard. He can play center. You know, right now you're looking at Mike Upati and 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 Justin Pugh at the guard positions, and then AQ Shipley uh, sitting there at the center position. Uh, so I think Mason uh, is definitely going to provide some depth uh, first and foremost at that position. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think he's he's somebody who you know could be a you know has potential starter uh, capability. You know, AQ Shipley is 31 years of age. He's entering in the last year of his contract, so you could potentially see Mason Cole as a starting center um, after the uh, season's end. Chase Edmonds, number you know fourth round pick, you know um, ultra productive for Fordham, would have had that F- FCS record from from Adrian Peterson, uh, not the OU Adrian Peterson, but the FCS record holder. Had it not been for injuries, you know you take a look at Arizona's backfield, they have uh, you know David Johnson. Obviously, as the as the number one guy, but you're looking at a lot of other names in there. You know, uh, Elijah Penny, um, you know, DJ Foster, TJ Logan. Uh, Chase Edmonds has the ability to come in, be that change of pace back, really be a backup for um, for David Johnson. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't really like um, you know the fact that he went down so easily. Um, you know, but I think he's a guy who has that burst, has good vision, a good character guy, very smart. Um, so I think he's someone who could end up sticking there for, uh, 
uh, for the Cardinals. If we take a look at, um, let's see, we take a look at, at uh, Chris Campbell coming off the board in the sixth round. I think this is another guy with a very good value. Um, struggles in off coverage, but he's a guy who can definitely play in, in press coverage. Um, you know, Arizona needs that cornerback opposite Patrick Peterson, and I don't think they really, you know, they didn't get that early on in the draft. Um, Chris Campbell has the potential to to be a starter at the next level, um, but he's really going to be a guy who's going to be playing around the line of scrimmage, wants to jam that receiver because if he plays in offs coverage, he uh, he gets eaten up, looks very uncomfortable. Um, and then in the seventh round, Corey Cunningham uh, tackled. He's going to give some uh, some depth at the tackle position. Um, you know, someone who is going to, going to have to work hard to make the team, but, uh, you know, someone coming out of, out of Cincinnati, you know, I, I think he's a guy who, uh, definitely has a shot. So moving on to the Falcons and, uh, first pick, you know, they're at number 26. I thought they were going to address a defensive tackle position, but they decided to go wide receiver, which is where, really where I had them looking in round two. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley at that point, I was surprised that Calvin Ridley fell that far, but when you're talking about, you know, Ridley being among the worst of the receivers when it came to his, um, you know, his explosiveness, his explosiveness really, you know, just didn't really translate while at the combine. Um, it was, it was one of those things that was really, really rather odd. Um, you know, he ran a, ran a decent 40 time, but, uh, you know, both his, his uh, vertical leap and his his broad jump were among the lowest among the receivers, which has to be cause for concern, uh, which is why I think he fell down to number 26 overall. I think that's great value, though. He's someone who can play on the outside with Julio Jones, move uh, Mohamed Sanu um, into the slot, which I think is probably going to be the best spot for him. Uh, Isaiah Oliver in the second round um, going to the Falcons. I thought this was a great pick for the Falcons. Surprised that he was on the board as long as he was. Um, he's someone who I think can come in and uh, really push, you know, Robert Alford for for the starting spot opposite, uh, you know, Desmond Trufant. You know, I, I think uh, you know Oliver is someone who has the length. You know, he needs to work on some of his technique, but uh, someone who I think could be a starter before long. Um, looking at uh, the third round pick, Deidrin Sanat out of uh, South Florida. I love the pick. Um, reminds you a lot of Grady Jarrett. So that's what's going to be interesting is you've got Sanat and Jarrett. Um, do you play the two of them together? They're really the same guy, but uh, I think they both have the ability to either play the nose or the, the three technique. So uh, that would really be interesting to play the two of those guys together. But uh, a couple of guys that I'm, I'm a big fan of. Um, let's see in the fourth round, Ito Smith out of, uh, Southern Miss, you know, over 4,000 yards, um, as a rusher there at, at Southern Miss, I think Ito Smith is a guy could be a, a definite change of pace back. I think he's someone who can also catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, you know, and, and look, you know, the Falcons have, have Devonte Freeman, uh, locked up through 2023. Um, but Tevin Coleman, look, Tevin Coleman, uh, you know, is going to be a free agent at, at season's end. So I think Ito Smith is, is an insurance policy, but, uh, you know, he's someone who, you know, the Falcons aren't afraid to share the ball around with the running backs. And I think he'd be that number three option there with the, with the running backs. Take, take a little bit of pressure off of those guys a little bit. Six round Russell Gage out of LSU. Um, you know, this one was a bit of a surprise, you know, in the, in the sixth round, there's some other receivers that were out there that, uh, you know, I was expecting to, to see come off the board, um, you know, uh, you know, frankly, before Russell Gage, um, you know, he was someone who wasn't all that productive at, uh, at uh, LSU. But again, you know, I don't know if you can really fault him too much, um, especially considering the fact that, uh, you know, they, they ran the ball. It was a run first offense. But when you have Equinemia St. Brown, Cedric Wilson, uh, Javon Wims, Marcel Aitman, uh, Richie James, um, you know, and, and, uh, my guy, you know, Alan Lazard, I'm going to talk about him later. You know, all of those guys were sitting there and, and Russell Gage was the guy that was taken. You know, that was really kind of a head scratcher for me. I was kind of surprised that he came off the board in round six, but, uh, you know, definitely something that I guess the Falcons were looking for. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the Yale safety, I'm going to butcher the name, but, uh, Foyasade, uh, Oluwokan. Um, you know, they, they were looking for, for a safety at some point in the draft, you know, just to provide some depth, 
I think he's someone um, who could also play the linebacker position. Um, backup Deion, uh, Deion Jones, I, I think he has some versatility there. Um, and let's see, um, you know, 6'2", 229 pounds. So he's one of those kind of hybrid safety linebacker types. Um, you know, Devondre Campbell, uh, Deion Jones, Duke Riley, the linebacker position. Um, all guys that a uh, little undersized for the position, but all can run. And uh, I think he's another guy that can fit that same bill. So we're going to move on to the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, you know, they, they went after went after a tight end in, in round one um, and uh, took, took Caden Hurst um, you know, with, the, uh, with the 25th overall pick. Um, you know, the, the receiver position, they, they did address later on in the draft. You know, they also picked up a tackle, um, actually two tackles, which, you know, was a, another area of need that I was really keying in on. Um, you know, and really they took two tight ends. You know, the last time they did that, um, they've actually done that twice. Uh, the last time they did that was Ed Dixon and, and Dennis Pitta. I think that turned out pretty well for them. Uh, but Nick Boyle um, and Max Williams really just haven't panned out the way that they would have expected. Uh, so they get Hayden Hurst in round one, who is arguably the most complete of the tight ends in this draft. Um, you know, they pick up Mark Andrews in round number three, Mark Andrews is going to be more of a, a big wide receiver type, put a, put him in the slot. Um, I think he'd be a favorite target of Joe Flacco down the seam. Um, now speaking of Joe Flacco, you know, he's, he's 33 years of age. Um, he's under contract for the next couple of years, but, uh, his productions dropped off of late and, uh, really over the last couple of years. And, you know, if you're looking at, at Joe Flacco and his successor, Taking someone like like Lamar Jackson, I thought that that was a great, uh, great pick by um, Ozzie Newsome getting you know back into round one uh, to go ahead and take Lamar Jackson there at the end of round one. Um, you know their their first pick in round three was Orlando Brown out of Oklahoma. You know had a terrible uh, combine. You know ran in a running a five eight five uh, forty. Really needs to just make sure that he gets that body in in, in shape. You know that uh, he was looking a little, you know, a little sloppy there. Um, you know, ended up running a five six five, I believe, at uh, at his pro day. You know, but you know, there's there's no, you know, when you put the game film on, six eight three hundred forty uh, three hundred forty seven pounds, uh, excellent length. Um, you know, moves um, surprisingly well for a big guy. Look, we're not going to ask him to run a 40 or anything like that. This is someone who, you know, with the short area burst, he has some physicality to him, and, you know, he's just a mammoth guy. To me, I, I see him as a right tackle. Um, he can play opposite uh, Ronnie Stanley. Um, the, the length, you know, he reminds me of another OU uh, alum in, uh, you know, uh, Phil Lodeholt, who, was, you know, spent a decade um, on the right side for Minnesota. So I think that was a good pick for them, good value in the third round. Um, Anthony Averett. Coming off the board in round four for the Baltimore Ravens, you know you're looking at the cornerback position. You know Jimmy Smith, uh, Brandon Carr, um, you know Marlon Humphrey. You know those are your corners. You know the the top corners at the position. Um, but if you take a look, um, let's see in terms of of contracts. You know the, the the contracts really aren't. You know Jimmy Smith. You know through 2020. Uh, Brandon Carr, 2021, Marlon Humphrey, 2022. So really Averett would be kind of a fourth cornerback, you know, and, and really he's got some ball skills. He's got, you know, definitely athleticism, but uh, the athleticism and production didn't really match up. You know, he was someone who, who didn't really um, make a ton of plays on the football. Um, inside linebacker finally gets addressed. You know, I, I think, you know, with Patrick on Wusor, you know, he needs to have someone pushing him uh, next to uh, C.J. Mosley. And I think Kenny Kenny Young is someone who I think is underrated. I, I figured he was going to come off the board around round four area. Uh, somebody who, um, you know, just moves well, um, good instincts. Um, you know, I, I think he, he can play in coverage and uh, and rush the passer a little bit. Um, you know, ran a four six forty at the combine, six one two hundred thirty six pounds. I think he's someone who could challenge for a starting spot early, early in his career. Uh, good value at, in the fourth round. And uh, I said that they re- uh, addressed the receiver position in the fourth and fifth round, taking Jaleel Scott out of New Mexico State and Jordan Lastly out of UCLA. 
Uh, two big receivers. Jaleel Scott is is six five. Uh, a guy who isn't going to run away from you. Uh, actually struggles separating, but he's a guy who has tremendous length, large catch radius. Uh, can win those 50-50 balls and going to be a, a nightmare in the red zone. Jordan Lastly is someone who who can get vertical a little bit. You know, four five forty at six one. Um, someone who was a favorite target of of Josh Rosen's. Um, very confident uh, receiver. Um, you know, and I think these are two guys that can provide some depth um, there at a receiver position. I think now they've really addressed that wide receiver position. Willie Sneed, Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Jordan uh, Lastly, and Jaleel Scott. That's a good group. You know, Brashad Perriman really going to have to uh, show up if he wants to make this roster. The only question that I have is, is who's going to be their number one? If you look at that, that's a bunch of number twos and threes. I uh, really don't know who their number one's going to be. Um, in the sixth round, um, you know, the, the, the trio here picking up Deshaun Elliott, uh, the safety out of Texas. You know, this is someone who I think can, you know, offer some versatility, um, someone who can provide some depth. You know, you have Eric Weddle that's there at the, uh, you know, that's a starter at the safety position. Um, you know, and, and Weddle, you know, he's, he's 33 years of age. Um, signed in through, you know, through the 2019 season. So, you know, he's got a couple more years under his belt. I think, you know, someone like Deshaun Elliott, who has some versatility, can play that, uh, that deep safety is someone that you could see uh, potentially, you know, taking over a starting spot. Um, Greg Sanat, um, out of Wagner, the, the former basketball player. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, he's someone who has the athleticism to play the left tackle position. Um, good length, but he's someone who's kind of kind of be a developmental guy. He'll probably end up on the practice squad. Needs to get bigger. Needs to learn some more technique. But someone who I think they could stash away for a couple of years and uh, you know, pop up on everyone's radar as as a um, as a sleeper down the road. The center position right now they've got Matt Skura penciled in, but Bradley Bozeman's a guy that you really have to watch out for. You know, good value in the sixth round. Someone who has excellent hands. Um, that was one of the things that really jumped out to me at the Senior Bowl was he was someone who was so quick to get his hands on the on the defensive tackle off the ball, showed uh, pretty good leverage, getting those hands inside on that che- uh, the breastplate, and uh, you know showing the leverage to really um, just kind of stifle that defensive tackle at the point of attack. Um, I think Bradley Bozeman can end up being the starter um, at, at center for for Baltimore before long, and then in the seventh round, uh, Ferris State's. Um, Defensive end Zach Sealer, um, you know I, I talked previously in in, uh, in previous episodes that I think you know Sealer could be a guy could be a player in a three four as a um, as a five technique you know nineteen and a half sacks as a sophomore came out after his junior season um, someone to really keep an eye on six six two hundred ninety pounds um, definitely excellent length and uh, I think good value there in the seventh round. Which will take us to the Buffalo Bills. So Buffalo Bills, they trade up, they get Josh Allen, their quarterback. This was someone who I had penciled in at one point um, with Buffalo. Uh, was expecting uh, the Broncos to actually go with a quarterback. So um, looking at you know how much time uh, John Elway spent with Josh Allen, was expecting him to go there. Um, but you know when Denver has Bradley Chubb fall into their lap. You know you can't can't pass up on on the chance to get Bradley Chubb, especially when you have Case Keenum um, there at, at your quarterback uh, position. Uh, and then you know they're able to land you know Tremaine Edmonds um, you know in um, in the in round one at, at 16 overall. You know that was a, a pick that uh, you know I was very uh, pleasantly surprised to see you know Buffalo. Uh, get to that pick and and ultimately land Tremaine Edmonds. He's someone who they can pencil in day one as their middle linebacker, replacing um, Preston Brown, who's now in Cincinnati. I think that's a great pick for them. Um, you know, and then the picks just kept on coming. You know, third round Harrison Phillips out of Stanford. I had him come. You know, going off the board in round two. Great value in the third third round for me. You know, ninety eight tackles at the defensive tackle position for the Cardinals. Um, or I'm sorry, the Cardinal. Uh, Stanford, um, you know, but Kyle Williams, 34 years of age, last year of his uh, his contract. So, you know, he's someone who could end up stepping in and taking over for Kyle Williams. Um, 
you know, and then you have Adolphus Washington on the opposite side and star low to Lele um, Phillips. You know, he, he was a former wrestler, uh, three time state champ, um, you know, as a heavyweight wrestler. And, uh, you know, that, that, that leverage, the balance, you know, and he has a quick burst as well off the ball. Uh, someone who I think um, could definitely be making some plays for Buffalo um, early on in his career. Um, you know, Taron Johnson from Weber State comes off the board in round four. Um, you know, I think he was someone that uh, that they were you know taking a look at six foot, one hundred eighty pounds, uh, ran a four five forty, um, good uh, good strength as well um, at the at the cornerback position. Um, you know, you take a look at at the corners. You have uh, Tre'Davious White. Um, on one side, he's definitely a keeper, but uh, Vontae Davis is only there on a one-year deal. He's not a long-term answer. Um, I think you bring in Johnson to battle with uh, Philip Gaines and uh, Breon Borders for playing time there as that third cornerback. Um, you know, fifth round, um, you know they landed uh, Saron Neal, uh, a safety out of Jacksonville State, and then uh, Wyatt Teller, uh, the Virginia Tech offensive guard. Um, you know, they needed to address the guard position uh, with Richie Incognito uh, retiring. So Wyatt Teller slides in. You know, Vladimir Dukas is a potential starter there on uh, on the line at, at right guard. But Wyatt Teller, to me, um, just so physical at the point of attack, so strong. Um, you know, not the best athlete, but, you know, he's someone who I think, you know, can get nasty when you need to. Um, someone who I think could fill the hole left by, by incognito. And then back to, to back to Neil, someone who's going to provide depth at the safety position. They have Jordan Poyer and, and Micah Hyde, someone who, um, you know, has played corner and safety. So he'll, he'll offer some, some versatility there. Um, the wide receiver position. You know, this was something that I was kind of surprised. You know, I was expecting them to to address early on in the draft, and uh, they just didn't do that. They took Ray Ray McLeod out of Clemson in the uh, towards the end of the. Uh, let's see. No, it was in the sixth round, and thirteenth uh, pick in the sixth round, and then uh, Austin Prohl in the seventh. Austin Prohl, kind of a um, you know possession guy, a guy who can work out of the slot. And then uh, Ray Ray McLeod, another guy who offers some athleticism. But you're looking for someone who can come in and uh, you know make some plays. You know, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones. Um, you know, really the number one wideout for them in terms of uh, receptions was actually Charles uh, Charles Clay, their tight end. And uh, Lashawn McCoy was making a lot of plays in the in the passing game. They need to get a, a wide receiver that's gonna make some plays. Uh, you know, Zay Jones only 27 receptions, and he was a leading returning receiver um, for the Bills. You know, I just feel that uh, Prol McLeod they look a lot like some of these other guys that they have on the roster. They picked up uh, Kalen Clay from Carolina, Jeremy Curley from the 49ers. Um, just kind of a you know a couple of strange picks, especially with some of the other guys like you know, like I mentioned earlier that were still on the board there in uh, round six and seven. Carolina Panthers, um, you know they needed a receiver. You know there was no no question that they needed a a, a wide out at some point in the draft. I, uh, at one point had them taking DJ Chark. Um, you know, I, I look at this, this team and, and, you know, the number one receiver was, was Christian McCaffrey. They've got Greg Olson, a tight end, um, Devin Funches, uh, making some plays, but then after that, it really fell off and, and really tailed off quick. You know, they brought in Tory Tory Smith to be a vertical threat. Uh, Jarius Wright can be a slot receiver. DJ Moore has a potential to be another Steve Smith, you know, someone who can get vertical, someone who can play both outside and in the slot. Um, I think, you know, you, Carolina has to love his versatility. And uh, I think that was a great pick there at number 24 overall, the number one uh, receiver taken. Um, you know, the cornerback position had to be addressed as well. I had them taking Jair Alexander here. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in the first round, they wound up going with Dante Jackson in round two. Um, you know, they need to find, they just need to find some playmakers at the cornerback position. You know, they, they, uh, Ross Cockrell was brought in um, to kind of take over the nickel, um, at least initially. You know, James Bradbury is going to be the starter on one side, but, uh, you know, the, the production at the cornerback position was really shaky. Um, Dante Jackson, tremendous athlete, four three two forty. But can he put it all together? You know, he's only uh, you know one hundred seventy five pounds. Someone who I think is going to get pushed around by some of the bigger receivers, especially down the field. Um, you know, I, I think there are some other corners that they could have gone with. 
Um, so Dante Jackson there at, at round two, he I had him coming off the board in round three. Um, but the corner that they did take in round three is actually someone that I think was good value. And that was Rashawn Golden out of Tennessee. Everyone remembers, uh, the pick six against Alabama and, uh, the greeting that he gave everybody there, um, for the, ba- uh, the Bama fans. Um, got a battle, uh, Captain Munnerlyn, uh, Kevon Seymour for, for playing time. Um, but I think, you know, Golden and, and Jackson, Bradbury, uh, Munnerlyn, Seymour, Cockrell, um, you know, that's a position that needs to improve. And I think these rookies are going to push the veterans for playing time. You know, I thought Carolina did a great job in uh, in round four, um, picking up a couple of areas of need. They needed a tight end. You know, Greg Olson isn't getting any younger. Um, you know, he's he's still um, still around. He's not actually joining the broadcast booth like uh, like Jason Witten is. Um, but you can't can't count on Greg uh, Greg Olson to be there forever. You know, he did. Sign a two-year deal, uh, seventeen point one million. But uh, you know he's he's not going to be your your long-term guy. Ian Smith is someone, or excuse me, Ian Thomas out of Indiana. Um, you know has has excellent hands. Um, someone who can be physical in the ground game as well. But I think he's someone who can work the seam and uh, you know some of those crossing routes as well. Um, and then they picked up Marquise Haynes. They need to address that pass rush. Um, you know, the pass rush department. Um, but what's interesting is, is Marquise Haynes is, is more of a, um, a pass rush specialist. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be curious to see exactly where he, um, where they line him up. You know, the one thing that I was uh, concerned about was Thomas Davis, you know, uh, four game suspension, uh, due to the PED usage. Um, you know, he's, he's the will. So are you going to try to put in, uh, Marquise Haynes to, to take over the will position? You know, I, I just, I don't know if that's the right fit. He's more of a, a guy who's going to play in space in a three, four, um, you know, and so that's really a kind of a questionable pick in my opinion, you know, just as far as the fit. For Carolina, um, you know, a guy that I did like, uh, you know, was Jermaine Carter, uh, Maryland uh, in the fifth round. You know, he's kind of he'll be a backup there at the middle linebacker position, uh, but someone who I, I'd be curious to see if maybe he can kick over to that will linebacker spot. Um, you know, uh, Andre Smith at a Notre, uh, uh, North Carolina. You know, a seventh round pick, also an inside backer. You know, and part of these, you know, these two inside backers that they were taking, you look at Luke Keekley, he's 27. You know, he signed through 2022, um, but all the concussion issues that he's been having going on, you know, there, there has to be some discussion in the building about his long term health and whether or not he's, uh, you know, he's going to be able to be playing, you know, and, and I think that's got to be a concern that you have to have a, a backup plan in the event, you know, um, you know, those concussions continue to be a problem for Keekly. Finally, you know, that defensive tackle position, they brought in uh, Kendrick Norton. Um, you know, they already have Dontari Poe uh, to team with with K1 Short. They've got Vernon Butler. Um, you know, uh, Kendrick is going to provide some some depth there to the defensive tackle position. Um, you know, I, I think that's good value in, in the seventh round. Um so I, I thought that that was definitely um, an area that they needed to address. Um, but what's interesting is is we didn't see a guard at all, um, you know, which is kind of a head scratcher, especially with Andrew Norwell um, going to Jacksonville. So it sounds like they're going to roll with uh, uh, Jeremiah Surlis. Um, they're uh, coming over from Minnesota, um, and then you know the the running back position, you know, getting a, a backup for for Christian McCaffrey. You know, Fozzie Whitaker, uh, Cameron, Cameron Artis Payne. Not sure that those were going to be the, you know, that's really the right fit. You know, you need to have a, a backup running back there. And, and that's kind of one of the things that they were missing. You know, if we move on to the Bears, I think the Bears got, you know, the the best, um, best first couple of picks, in, in my opinion, in terms of, you know, someone who's going to make an instant impact. You know, you look at Roquan Smith. Um, you know, he's already penciled in as a starter next to, to Danny Trevathan. Um, you know, someone who, you know, can, can play the run sideline to sideline, 129 tackles a season ago. And, uh, you know, pro football focus, 90.6 rating in the passing game. Someone who, who has excellent range. He can, he can cover, uh, tight ends and, and running backs out of the backfield, reads the quarterback's eyes. Well, really trusts his eyes and really uses that to, to take it, take him to the football, 
Um, I think he's going to be a day one starter. You know, and then you know James Daniels. They've got Cody Whitehair already at at the center position. You know, Whitehair could kick into guard, um, and and James Daniels can slide in. But uh, you know Bradley Soul. Um, is a left guard. I think James Daniels has the potential to slide over there to the left guard position as well. Has that versatility. Um, played in his own blocking scheme there at Iowa. Um, I think that's a great pick on day two. As was Anthony Miller. You know, you look at Anthony Miller. He's not the most explosive running back, but he. I think he's an intelligent wide receiver and someone who runs excellent routes. Has uh, you know he's so reliable with his hands. You know, he attacks the ball in the air. Excellent body control, adjusts well to the ball in the air. When you look at you know Kevin White, um, you know Taylor Gabriel, uh, Allen Robinson, a lot of drops. You know not always the most reliable receivers. Um, so I think bringing in Anthony Miller, he's going to be a favorite target of, of Mitchell Trubisky before long. Mark my words. Um, and then if you're looking at the uh, linebacker position in the fourth round, uh, Joel uh, Iagbuniwe, I think I pronounced that right, um, but but Iagbuniwe. Iegbuniwe, um, you know, as an outside linebacker in the 3-4, I think he's someone who can get after the quarterback a little bit, um, at least provide some depth there up front. You know, you're looking at that position. Aaron Lynch, uh, Leonard Floyd, probably going to be the starters. After that, there's Sam Acho, uh, Howard Jones. I think he definitely has a chance to um, work his way into, into the rotation. Round five was the guy that I was talking about, um, if you'll remember, um, in, in the past couple of episodes, um, you know, Bilal Nichols, you know, someone who I think can play the nose. I think he might also be able to line up as a three, four, um, defensive end. Um, and, and Nichols, you know, as long as they can get that motor, it runs hot and cold. If they can get him going, you know, ran a sub four, uh, sub five forty, and, uh, you know, bench press 29 reps at the, at the combine, excellent length. Um, you know, for, for his size as well, six, four, 306 pounds. I think he's someone who I'd be, you know, I, I really want to see what he can do in Vic Fangio's system. Um, didn't really address the pass rush, um, a, a whole lot until round six, Kylie Fitz out of Utah. Um, someone who offers some upside, you know, in terms of his speed and getting after the quarterback, but, uh, you know, there's some red flags there in terms of injuries. Um, so, you know, I wanted to see them address the pass rush, you know, before uh, round six, um, you know, and taking a guy who has some of those injury concerns, you know, that that's to me is, is a little, little questionable there. Um, and then in the seventh round, again, I mentioned Javon Wims out of Georgia, another bigger receiver who I think is going to stick with, with Chicago. You know, um, like I said, Allen Robinson is there as the number one, Taylor Gabriel in the slot. Uh, Anthony Miller's another guy who can play both on the outside and in the slot. Kevin uh, Kevin White's really a big question mark right now. Is he going to be able to produce or is he not? You know, and and uh, I think Javon Wims is a guy who can ultimately push Kevin White for uh, playing time on the outside. Cincinnati Bengals. You know, they're sitting there at number twenty-one overall. I was trying to figure out which offensive lineman they were going to take. I had them penciled in taking uh, Connor Williams. You know, I liked Williams' versatility. Um, you know, they went with another versatile offensive lineman, and you know, I should have seen this coming, uh, especially with uh, Russell Bodine taking taking off and leaving for Buffalo. Billy Price. You know, Billy Price. If you'll remember, he tore his uh, pectoral muscle at the combine, um, but he, he's he's very powerful. Um, you know, and and a guy who also can get out and pull very well. Um, at the center and guard position, you know, 55 consecutive starts, you know, set a record, um, you know, actually tied a record that was set by Pat Elfline, and then he and, and uh, Taekwon Lewis uh, set the record this year. Um, you know, I, I think he's someone who can really stabilize that offensive line. Um, you know, and I, I think Price, you know, he, he showed outside of obviously the, the combine injury that he can be durable. And I think he's someone who offers some versatility too, because he could also kick over to guard if need be. Um, Jesse Bates in round two. You know, Jesse Bates to me, you know, he's a he's a center fielder. Um, not really so much who's going to be playing in the in the box. You know, the Bengals with just 14 takeaways, um, which tied for for second fewest in the NFL a season ago. Um, the safeties, you know, actually start uh, combined for just two interceptions. Um, you know, they, they need that set, that center field threat. 
Um, you know, and Sean Williams and George Aloka really aren't going to be able to, prov- to provide that. So Jesse Bates, not a bad pick there, um, sitting in, in round two. Um, you know, I wanted to see them possibly take a, one of those tight ends, one of those top tight ends. Um, did not take a tight end at all in the draft, um, which was a little surprising, especially, you know, given the health concerns with, with Tyler Eifert. I guess they're really, you know, confident rolling with, uh, you know, Tyler Croft and, and CJ uh, uh, Uzoma. Um you know, they also didn't really address the, the defensive tackle position at all. I was kind of surprised that they didn't didn't go there. Um, but uh, what they did do is they did address the pass rush. Um, Sam Hubbard coming off the board in round three. Excellent value. Um, I, I had Hubbard coming off the board in round two. He falls to round three. Uh, not the best athlete. His his 40 time was what um, was rather subpar um, you know, for the position. Ran a um, you know, I believe it was like a four, nine, five at his pro day. So, um, I think that kind of hurt his draft stock quite a bit, but, uh, you know, he'll be getting to play behind Michael Johnson and, and Carlos Dunlap has a chance to see the field. Um, you know, he and, and Jordan Willis will be the backups. Um, you know, they'll be learning from, from Dunlap and, uh, and Johnson. I think that's, that's two guys that, that you'll want to learn, learn from, um, the one thing that I can say about about Hubbard is is he has hands similar to to Joey Bosa, not quite obviously the caliber of athlete that Joe, uh, that Bosa is, but can definitely use his hands. And by the way, Dunlap and Johnson are um, free agents at the end of the season, so you know Hubbard can definitely continue to um, you know make up for um, that lack of athleticism with that that motor and and see the field a lot more. Um, Link Jefferson coming off the board in round three. I picked this one, um, so I got this one, this pick right. Um, to me, he looks like Vontez Burfick without the baggage. Um, not the mo- best instincts, but a guy who can just fly around to the football and make plays. Um, in round four, taking Mark Walton, running back out of Miami. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting pick. You know, you're looking at uh, Giovanni Bernard and uh, Joe Mixon, but uh, you know what what he can offer is another another versatile back out of the backfield, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting in terms of the playing time, some of the, you know, similar skill sets, but uh, definitely a nice pick there in round four, excellent value. Um, round five, they had a trio of picks. Um, let's see, uh, Devontae Harris out of Illinois State um, was their their first pick coming off the board in round five. And, uh, you know, Devontae Ran a 4 4 3 40, um, and uh, bench pressed uh, 225 22 times at the combine. Six foot, 200 pounds, well built uh, cornerback. And, you know, if you're looking at the cornerback position, William Jackson, Draker Patrick, uh, Darquez Denard, um, all first round guys. Um, but, uh, you know, th- there's still some, some depth concern. I, I did mention the fact that there were only 20, uh, or I'm sorry, only 14 takeaways. Um, so, you know, the, the lack of overall just, uh, playmaking ability there at the cornerback position, you know, you bring someone, uh, in like, like Devonte Harris to, to challenge there, um, talking about the cornerback position, you know, their, their third, fifth round pick was Darius Phillips, uh, out of Western Michigan. What I like about Darius Phillips, he's someone who, who can be a, a slot corner, um, or, or, uh, a, a nickel, but uh, it's the return game. You know, uh, you know the the number of, of returns for touchdown. You know, I, I think is well documented. He's someone who I think can you know that versatility in that uh, in that return game is what's going to get him to to stick there in, in Cincinnati. Andrew Brown was taken with the second fifth round pick, and Andrew Brown's ultimately going to be a defensive tackle. Um, in this uh, 4-3 scheme, I think he would have been, uh, you know, probably best suited as a as a five technique in a in a 34 defense. Um, you know, that's he he's got some upside, but the thing that uh, you know the production didn't really match a lot of the physical skills um, that that he offers. You know, he's he's a big kid. Um, you know, he 6'4", 296 pounds. But, uh, you know, you, you didn't see him make plays quite as much. I think he's probably going to be more of a run stuffer there inside. Uh, three seventh-round picks, Logan Woodside of Toledo, uh, quarterback position. You know, I think Cincinnati, um, now that A.J. 
Uh, McCarron's gone. They need a backup quarterback. Logan Woodside, tons of upside um, in terms of, you know, he, I think he has the right mental makeup for the NFL to be a, a quality backup. Um, threw the ball all over the field for the Rockets, too. Um, Rod Taylor out of Ole Miss uh, in the seventh. You know, he was someone who, you know, surprised at the Senior Bowl, um, you know, and, and moved a lot better uh, than I think a lot of people expected uh, at the Combine. You know, I, I think Rod Taylor is someone who's going to provide depth up front um, for Cincinnati um, at both of the tackle positions and really at guard as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, I think he's someone who could fit. Um, and then Auden Tate out of Florida, uh, Florida State. You know, he's a big guy, big receiver, big body guy. I think, uh, you know, you look at the receiver position for them, um, you know, with A.J. Green, Brandon LaFell, um, Tyler Boyd, uh, even Cody Core, John Ross. I think he's someone who I think they drafted. I said they didn't take a tight end. I think Auden Tate's going to ultimately end up, um, they're going to bulk him up and move him to the tight end position. Which then takes us to the Cleveland Browns. Number one overall, Baker Mayfield. So I said in every single podcast, I think, that if John Dorsey wanted to change the losing culture in Cleveland, to take Baker Mayfield. I just didn't think they were actually going to do it. Um, but I said, you know, I, every single time and, you know, as the momentum started uh, moving forward with Baker Mayfield, you know, I, I thought there were a bunch of smoke screens. I thought they were going to end up taking Sam Darnold anyway, but I'm, I'm glad that they did take Baker Mayfield. He's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. A lot of people um, are, are doubting the Browns taking Baker Mayfield um, with that first overall pick. But, uh, you know, all he does is make plays. You know, you can sit there and talk about the fact that he played in, um, played in the Big 12. The Big 12 doesn't really play defense, but uh, it didn't matter if he had pressure in his face, a clean pocket, on the move. There was nobody who was more accurate. He still has to deliver the football, people. And I think at the end of the day, um, you know, Baker Mayfield is somebody who's going to come in, and uh, you know, I think he's, his teammates are going to fall in love with him right away. Denzel Ward at the number four pick, that was really where the, the draft kind of changed a little bit. You know, Denzel was that was kind of a surprise. Everyone was expecting Bradley Chubb, uh, including myself. I thought Bradley Chubb pair him with Miles Garrett. You get the two top defensive prospects in the draft um, lined up together. Um, but Denzel Ward does address a need. You know, they needed a cornerback at some point in the draft. They get the the, the best corner in the draft. You know, and I think that's really what John Dorsey was looking at. We got the best pass rusher a season ago with Miles Garrett. Let's get the best corner. Um, you know, and Denzel Ward, you know, will shore up that, that secondary a little bit. And, uh, you know, Greg Williams gets his, uh, gets his guy out there on the outside. Um, in round two, Austin Corbett out of, out of Nevada. Now this guy to me is a, is a, uh, Joel Batonio clone, you know, played tackle like, like Batonio played tackle at, uh, at Nevada. Um, you know, Batonio was a second round pick of Cleveland, just like, uh, like Austin Corbett is. And uh, he ultimately ended up playing, you know, moving inside and playing guard, and that's really what everyone is expecting, um, you know, Austin Corbett to be. You know, if you look at uh, the guard position, you know, Zeitler, uh, Kevin Zeitler, and Batonio are, are locked up for long-term deals. Uh, you know, Jesse J.C. Treader is the center, and uh, you know, J.C. Treader at least under contract for the next two seasons. So what makes you wonder is, is, is you know. Corbett, are they really looking at him to potentially be a tackle to replace Joe Thomas? You know, he's he's an undersized uh, offensive tackle, um, but you know, if you look at some of the measurements and the measurables, you know, six four, three oh six, thirty three and an eighth. Um, you know, in terms of his his length, but uh, another guy that came off the board as a tackle was uh, um, you know Isaiah Wynn, and they're expecting him to be the um, you know replacement of Nate Solder there in in, uh, in New England. So some of these these offensive tackles that have shorter arms, you know, they're still able to, you know, get it done at the next level and be studs. And I think Austin Corbett has a chance to end up being that left tackle. Um, you know, a lot of people were expecting Saquon Barkley to go to to the Browns, if at all possible. You know, maybe you know the Browns could end up taking him in the first round. That didn't happen, but they do get a running back in round two. They get Nick Chubb um, out of Georgia. I actually. Pro- uh, projected his teammate there at Georgia, Sony Michelle, to come to um, come to Cleveland. You know, Nick Chubb 
Carlos Hyde, it looked like the same running back in, in a lot of respects. Um, but you know, I, I think you know you put the two of them in there. They were going to do you know a little bit of a uh, running back by committee. You know, they're thundered um, to you know Duke Johnson's lightning a little bit. Um, you know, he's not going to be catching the ball out of the backfield very much though. So you know, kind of limiting a lot of his um, you know a lot of his value. So you know, really kind of an odd pick. Um, but you know, Carlos Hyde was signed to a four-year deal, so it's not like you know you're looking at at at, at this as a you know a short-term thing either. So really kind of odd. Third round, they get Chad Thomas out of Miami. Excellent length, a guy who was always around the ball, but didn't always seem to be the guy making the play on the football. I thought might actually translate and be a better um, you know five technique and a three-four defense. Um, but uh, he goes to Cleveland, um, lined up in a 4-3. So it'll be interesting to see what, what Greg Williams does with him. You know, he's got excellent length. He's 6'6", 281, definitely looks the part. Um, you know, 12 and a half tackles for loss a season ago. Maybe he ends up turning into a, a run specialist for them. Um, fourth round, Antonio Callaway. You know, they, they've already had to deal with, with Josh Gordon there in Cleveland. So they get another guy who's, who's a, a problem child in, in Antonio Callaway. You know, this is a guy who who tested positive for for marijuana at the combine. Um, you know, had other off field issues there at Florida. Um, you know, and and you know was suspended for the season. So questionable taking him there in round four. Um, you know, you also look at a receiver that they took in round six. You know, Damian Ratley. Um, you know, someone who I was kind of surprised. Um, you know that they that they took him. I think essentially what they're looking at was the sub four four forty that he ran at the pro day. Um, you know, average 23, um, you know, just over 23 yards per catch. So I think they're looking at him as a vertical threat, but I thought there were other receivers that they could have taken, um, you know, rather than ta- uh, take Ratley there in, in, at the beginning of round six. In round five, though, they, they took um, a, a guy who I'm a huge fan of and I thought could have gone off the board sooner, and that's Jannard Avery. You know, if you're looking at the linebacker position, they've got Jamie Collins, they've got Christian Kirksey, um, uh, on the outside right now, Schobert, Joe Schobert is, is lined, lined up in the middle, but uh, expect Avery to challenge all of these guys for playing time. You know, I, I think he's versatile enough to play on the outside. He can play in the middle. You know, Schobert obviously, um, you know, played very well for Cleveland a season ago. Um, so it'll be be interesting to see um, what happens here at the at the linebacker position. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think there's there's definitely some. Um, some depth, if nothing else, there for for the Browns, and then rounding it out, you know, Simeon Thomas, a cornerback out of out of Louisiana, provides some depth there at the cornerback position. I think he'll struggle to uh, to make a make the team though, because you've got you know, in addition to Ward, you have Jamar Taylor, you have Travis Carey, you have EJ Gaines, you have uh, Brian Body Calhoun, so it, it's going to be you know some tough sledding ahead for him to try to make the team. Dallas Cowboys. At number 19 overall, I had Leighton Vander Esch penciled in here for Dallas for quite some time, and then I bought into the wide receiver hype when uh, Des Bryant was cut. So you know, I, I need to make sure that I listen to my gut more when I'm when I'm ultimately putting together my final mock draft. I think Leighton Vander Esch was a great fit for them. You put him in the middle, and uh, you know, then you have um, Jalen Smith and um, you know, Sean Lee on the outside, um, Leighton Vander Esch, excellent, um, instincts, you know, over a hundred tackles just flies around to the football can also drop into coverage. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of Leighton Vander Esch. I think that's going to give them a really solid, uh, linebacking core. Um, Connor Williams in round two, uh, the Texas, uh, tackle slash guard. He'll probably step in and, uh, um, you know, challenge for, for a starting spot. You know, he'll probably battle um, Lyle Collins, you know, who can both play guard and tackle, um, you know, for, for that starting spot. But really, when you're looking at the Dallas Cowboys, that wasn't a, a huge area of need, you know, and everyone in uh, in Dallas was probably wondering when they were going to take their quarterback. When are they going to take the um, the guy who's going to ultimately succeed, um, Des Bryant, as their number one wideout? I think that's really what they were waiting for. They were waiting for it, and they were waiting for it. And they were waiting for it, and uh, you know, by by taking Connor Williams, 
there. I, I guess what they're looking at is Zach Martin's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. So maybe, you know, that's that's really what they're they're banking on is is they have some insurance there. You know, Cameron Fleming uh, at tackle. He's also um, he was just signed to a one year deal. So maybe that's really what they're looking at is more of the future there at the offensive line. They get their receiver in round three, Michael Gallup out of Colorado State, sub four five guy, uh, six one receiver. Uh, to me, I think he has some of the best ball skills in this draft. A guy who's going to attack it, um, you know, high point the football. A guy who, um, to me, um, offers a ton of versatility. You know, over 100 receptions a season ago. I'm a huge fan of of Michael Gallup's. I think for me, the thing for him is he's kind of a, a possession type receiver more than anything else. Um, you know, he, the, the thing with it is, is, you know, you look at him and, uh, you know, he can definitely destroy press coverage, get open, um, decent, decent playmaking ability. You know, I think he's a steal in round three, but is he a number one? You know, especially when you lose not only Des Bryant, but Jason Witten as well, that has to you know be cause for concern. Um, they get Dorn, Dorn Armstrong Jr. in the third in the fourth round um, as a pass rusher. You know, I think uh, they need to get some help for uh, Demarcus Lawrence. You know, he had uh, I think it was 12 and a half sacks uh, a season ago, but with Tyrone Crawford only getting four sacks, Taco Charlton only with three, they needed to get somebody else to rush the passer. The problem with Dorrance Armstrong is you know he's he's a little bit undersized and uh, he can get engulfed at the point of attack. Thought he'd be a better fit in space as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he's more of a pass rush specialist um, that they'll allow to stand up coming off the edge. Uh, the other fourth-round pick was Dalton Schultz out of Stanford, uh, a tight end um, whose ultimately his job is ultimately going to be to replace uh, Jason Witten. You know, 55 passes uh, hauled in. Um, only five touchdowns in his career. Um, you know, he could be a guy who, you know, can, can, can he hold up as a, as a blocker? Is he somebody as a receiver who, you know, I, I just, he's one of those guys to where I think Dallas could have done better earlier on in the draft. Um, Mike White was the quarterback that they took in round five out of Western Kentucky. Um, a big pocket passer um, with a pretty good arm. Um, you know, basically insurance there for, for Dak Prescott, um, should he go down to injury, um, that he basically is going to be the backup quarterback there. Uh, Chris Covington, um, you know, versatile linebacker there in, um, out of Indiana. I think he's somebody, you know, he, he moved from quarterback to the linebacker position, um, someone who could offer some depth, but, uh, I think he's going to struggle to, to make the team possibly be a, a, a practice squad guy because I think he has a high football IQ. In the sixth round, they get Cedric Wilson out of Boise State, another guy that I really like. You know, he's a savvy receiver. He's not the fastest guy. He's not going to blow by you. But when you're looking at you know the lack of production out of Terrence Williams, um, you know the questions about the health of of uh, Alan Hearns, and then the future of Cole Beasley on the team, who's going to be a free agent at the end of the season, I think Cedric Wilson is a guy who you know knows how to run routes, has excellent hands, somebody who I think could end up being a, a playmaker for them at, at some point. Um, and then in the seventh round, Bo Scarborough out of Alabama. You know, I think there were some some health concerns there that ultimately dropped him all the way to the seventh round. But I think he's, you know, I, I said Dallas needed to get another running back uh, to back up Ezekiel Elliott. You know, and I think this is really good value to get um, Bo Scarborough there in uh, in round seven. So then we're looking at the Denver Broncos. And, uh, you know, if there was a team that really knocked it out of the park, in terms of, of uh, their their draft, you know, I think they addressed all of their needs. And uh, you know, in terms of the the players that they were picking, you know, I thought they knocked it out of the park every single time. Number five overall, they get Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb falls all the way to, to number five. You know, this was a guy at one point I had Mock going to the Giants at uh, at number two. Um, you know, the best defensive prospect. You know, twenty sacks and over uh, forty tackles for loss a season ago. Um, you know, someone that you can really pair with, uh, um, you know, with Vaughn Miller. I think it's going to be a scary, scary deal there, you know, um, for, for quarterbacks coming off the edge. Um, on day two, they get Cortland Sutton. You know, you put Cortland Sutton, a big receiver there, who's going to be able to team with uh, Demarius Thomas on the outside. And then you have Emmanuel Sanders in the slot. Um, you know, what's interesting is, is you have 
you know, those two older receivers. Um, and uh, they, they were able to bring in Deshaun Hamilton out of Penn State, who's a guy who I think can really work um, work the slot, much like uh, like Emmanuel Sanders was able to do. You know, both of those guys are signed through the 2019 season. And I think ultimately you're going to see Cortland Sutton and uh, Deshaun Hamilton hopefully step in for both of those guys because they're both over 30 years of age now. Um, third round, you know, Royce Freeman. You know, uh, nobody scored more more touchdowns there in, in, in the Pac-12 than Royce Freeman. Um, you know, I, they, they needed her back, obviously, with, uh, you know, the release of, of C.J. Anderson, you know, someone who's going to push uh, Devontae Booker for playing time. I thought that this was a definitely a, a nice pick there in round three. Little little high. I wasn't expecting Freeman to go off the board that high. Um, it was the seventh pick in the in round number three, um, but uh, definitely someone who I think can be productive for them. Um, Isaac Ye- uh, Yadam out of uh, out of Boston College. Uh, yeah, always mess his name up. Um, you know, I think he's someone who can provide some depth there at the cornerback position. Obviously, you've got Chris Harris. Um, Akil uh, Tlaib is gone, but you have Bradley uh, Bradley Roby taking over one cornerback spot. Um, I think uh, y- uh, Yaidam gives him some some um, good, you know, some good uh, not only depth, but he you know he's six one, runs pretty well. Um, I think he's he's a guy who can end up being a you know a third cornerback for them. Uh, Josie Jewell is one of my favorite linebackers in the draft. Just the instincts just jump off the charts. You look at their inside backers. They've got Brandon Marshall and, and Todd Davis. Before long, Josie Jewell will be a starter um, for Denver um, because of those instincts. In round number five, they they end up making a trade. They get Troy Fumagalli uh, out of Wisconsin. Um, you know they needed somebody who's going to replace um, you know Virgil Green. And, uh, you know, the tight end position now, Jeff Hireman, uh, Jake Butt, Troy Fumagalli. Um, you know, I think Fumagalli is a guy who's not the best athlete, um, but he's someone who knows how to get open, and he's a good blocker. Um, so good value in the fifth round. That's about where I was expecting him to come off the board. Sam Jones out of Arizona State, uh, cornerback, someone who I think could really push for playing time there at the right guard position, uh, opposite Ronald Leary. You know, that was really we were expecting at some point that, you know, maybe you know Denver would consider Quentin Nelson with the fifth overall pick if Bradley Chubb wasn't there, and uh, you know they end up getting a guard in, in round number six who might be able to um, take over a starting spot at some point. Uh, another pick in the sixth round, uh, Keyshawn Bieria out of Washington, um, someone whose whose production was was up and down for the Huskies. Um, I thought his 2016 tape was better than 2017, um, but someone who I think could push for playing time there on the inside. And then uh, David Williams, you know, another running back, you know, out of out of Arkansas, you know, that'll give some depth there at the running back position. Um, you know, they've got uh, you know Devonte Booker, and they have D'Angelo Henderson, you know, but uh, you know, I think Williams could end up providing some depth. So I've made it through, um, you know, the first through first few teams. Uh, let's see, I've made it through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The first ten teams, and I'm looking at my time. And that's really the biggest concern that I had. Um, we're coming up on an hour, so I wanted to make sure that I didn't go over an hour um, for my, my podcast. So I've got a couple couple more podcasts, it looks like, that I'm going to have to put together to kind of break down the draft and take a look at things. You know, I really want to uh, make sure that I get through every single one of um, these teams and every single one of the picks, take a look at them, you know, where I had them coming off the board. Um, and you know, in terms of some of the fits and really taking a look at these these picks, but uh, you know, of these these first ten teams, I think Denver definitely knocked it out of the park. Um, I, I thought that they had the best um, draft of you know just about anybody um, in this draft. You know, I think Chicago, you know, with their first two picks, they get steals with Roquan Smith and uh, and James Daniels, in my opinion, really, and Anthony Miller there in uh, in round number three. You know, Cleveland, you know, taking Baker Mayfield, they did what I was expecting them to do. But a lot of those picks that they were taking um, just were really questionable. You know, Denzel Ward over Bradley Chubb, um, Austin Corbett, are you going to play him at guard? Is he going to be a center? Is he really, you know, are you projecting him to be your left tackle of the future? Nick Chubb reminds you a lot of Carlos Hyde. Um, you know, so just a lot of question marks there. But, you know, John Dorsey knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, 
I think it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what Cleveland ends up doing here in uh, um, you know in John John Dorsey's first team um, that that he puts out on the football field. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off for now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take a look at the next ten teams. Um, put together another um, podcast here uh, tomorrow, and I'll make sure to go ahead and put that out there. But uh, definitely, thank you very much for tuning into the Ready for the Draft podcast. I will have another one, like I said, up tomorrow, and uh, we'll get one final one out um, right after that, and then uh, it'll be on to 2019, start breaking down some film, and uh, you know, going through some of my notes on some of the guys that I already have um, you know, notes on, and uh, we'll go ahead and start working on 2019. So until then, everyone, hope everyone has a great day. I am out.